Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Panthers, the podcast about rugby, uh, Southern Hemisphere rugby, because we're going to be doing Six Nations later. I don't know why I said that. Uh, guys, how are you? How is everyone? Alex, how are you? Uh, I'm good, thanks. I'm, I'm enjoying a nice slow Sunday, actually. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah, I got, people I got... around yesterday and it was like a paper plate kind of thing, so cleanup was, was minimal. And mm. today we're done with all our socializing and chores for the weekend, so it's quite nice. I feel like paper plates are the unheralded um, secret win of any party if you use paper plates. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's my feeling um, on the matter. Ben, how are you? How's the uh, how's James Lowe the second? Um, yeah, you know, James Lowe too is doing well. Uh, yeah, I don't know he doesn't really do much. He just kind of sleeps, shits, and you know, cries. Have we still a drinking drinking song for him yet? Um. Yo, I, I kind of, I, I sing to him a bit and I go like, you know that, I go like, baby, baby James, baby <laughs> James. But obviously, like, by the time he's actually drinking, yeah, um, yeah but I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it play out because... Well, you need I'm, something I'm, with a good chorus. Yeah, no, but I'm still not, I'm still not sure if he's going to be Jamie or Jimmy or James. Yeah. So yeah, so I like I don't know. I think you gotta let that happen organically. Like you can't try force a, you can't try force a shortening on, no. on the top. No, much much like gender, it really just can't be can't be forced. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You know, he he's got to fly his or her flag. Exactly. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, do you do you strongly identify as a he? Yeah, I think so. I think at this point, I'm concerned that I. <laughs> I strongly identify as a you, You're pretty committed by now. I just thought I would check out. Otherwise, how are you? How's, how's life um, near by the Otaniqua Mountains? Oh, it's chilled. Also, uh, Ben, I've got a dad joke for you. You can use on baby James Jimbo. Jim, whatever you want to call him. Jimbabwe. Jimbabwe, yeah. <laughs> Jimming in the name of. <laughs> uh, Jim <Dan> Laundry. <laughs> I feel like was, uh, I, I kind of feel feel like that's a lost opportunity for a draft name. What? Something in the name of. Something in the name of. Oh, um, uh, I had I had, had a couple one, of options. Yeah, there. you had one. But yeah. no, I was gonna say, um, Ben, how how do you measure how heavy a red hot chili pepper is? Um, <laughs> man. You give yes. it away, give it away, give it away now. <laughs> nice. Okay, I think on that note, please um, can we move on? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay we better move on. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to give James a little bit of background because at the moment he only really understands like the cot, his dummy, and the tit. So I'm, I'm gonna have to teach him about red hot chili peppers and their songs and then what yeah. way is it. Yeah, I reckon this is gonna be at least a, a two-year. Yes. Two-year like process leading up to this joke. No, 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 no. Save, save it for big school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Just uh, a very quick summation of what we're going to be chatting about today. Uh, the news, uh, as always, I mean, there's bands included in all this naturally. And I actually bothered sending an agenda once, and I was criticised that the, the words not bands. So I no, just you had assume... like bands, just like as a, as an end at the end, just like item six, bands. Yeah, no, so it's just like we'd be we'd be completely serious the whole time, and then we'd just unleash bad bad truth in. <laughs> um, 
So yes, we're going to be doing some news. Then we're going to be uh, launching into our Super Rugby previews, which are today. Drum roll, please. Okay. Drum rolls. Ben, we don't, ben have, we don't have budget for that level of production, Adam. No, not really. Or time. Uh, ben will be doing the lines. Uh, I'm doing the Bills, and I've put in brackets here for the sake of continuity. Yeah, because I'm not a Bills supporter. No, I, just want, I really want to emphasize that. Mm. Uh, and then Alex will be doing the Stormers. So, Matt, you have a bye week, so you can chill. An uh, the next week, researching we'll be... the Sharks. Yeah, pretty like much. That. Because next week, we are final week of, re- of previews. I'll be doing the Rebels, Ben the Hurricanes, and Matt, his favorite team, uh, the Sharks. And then the following week, just for February 10th, will be our draft episode. We're hoping to get draft rugby on. Uh, by the way, quick shout-out to draft rugby. Thank you for your contribution in helping to select our names for our draft league. I did not come last. So it's, I'm, I'm on the app. So, <laughs> really, oh, Adam? Adam. Who, who, it's your year, who, Adam. You did come yeah. last. Who, who came last, Adam? Did you come last? <laughs> Frizzle my nizzle. So, yeah, for, I mean, for, ben, for ben, my, there is a fundamental problem there in that it, it just doesn't rhyme because that's not how you pronounce Frizzle. How do you pronounce Frizzle? Frizzle. Frizzle. Yeah, that, it works. It no, works. because Alex. it's Nizzle. No. It's Nizzle it's and Frizzle. Yeah. <laughs> it's two different For Frizzle. It's Frizzle no, and Nizzle. No, whatever. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, my team is called 13 Reasons Why I Knew He. Uh, it came sixth. Matt, what was, what was yours? We bought, we bought this creepy on Rucks and Malls. Exactly. Just mm. yes, a good foundation we for any this creepy. And then this creepy on rocks and balls. <laughs> and I think it's great. And then Alex is Mad Marks. Code a little sound bite to all of your to all of your emails. <laughs> I've, well, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll send it as my notification when I get an email from Matt. That'll be the the jingle. Just just hear this the opening like synth give synth chord. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Matt already has a logo. Yeah, I've even made a logo already for we built this. Yeah, I, made... uh, oh. I saw that. I, I saw that. I'm, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to steal that idea. If uh, you yeah. Mind. So am I. Mm. Um, and then Very Alex's cool. team was called Mad Marks Fury Road. Uh, yeah. and, and our winner going to Alex Edge. I, I must say, was a winner. Uh, ain't no no holo back girl. But I do I understand. Which is the delivery, uh, but it is a good name. <laughs> uh, but yeah. so yeah, thanks, thanks to Drop Rugby for for doing so. Sorry, Ben. What was that? I don't. I don't think that was amazing. But I, like, I'm. I'm glad I've got some insight into the draft rugby mindset when it comes to puns. Yes, uh, they like them easy, like wham bam, thank you, lamb. It's nice and simple. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they like low hanging fruit. I understand. Ah, jeez. But yes, we're hoping to have them on in a couple of weeks, and also very much looking forward to their draft platform la- launching. They're not the only one out there, guys. Uh, I know there's fantasy rugby draft too. And there's many other fantasy Super Rugby games. Everybody, please get involved. Let's get the community to grow bigger. So, uh, now to actually get a bit more serious, just, just begin with the news. Uh, concussion. This is from AFP Sport 24. RFU holds tackle trial amid concussion concerns. England's governing, governing RFU has ended its trial on lowering the tackle height after a preliminary study indicated that this contributed to an increased likelihood of concussions. Uh, the Daily Telegraph reported on Friday, how to reduce the number of head injuries suffered by rugby union players has become a major concern, uh, to state the obvious. And, uh, the French rugby has had a couple, of, unfortunately, of uh, four fatalities. Lowering tackle heights has been suggested as a way of reducing the risk of concussion in rugby. But when this rule was introduced into England's Championship Cup, a competition for second-tier clubs, the RFU found that while it reduced upright and tight tackles, it also increased the relative risk of concussion because of, and I quote, unintended behaviors. 
So I, I don't know. I assume that's maybe a knee slamming to someone's head or something. And collisions where both the tackler and ball carrier were bent at the waist. Okay, <laughs> so smashing heads. There were particular concerns about players in a pick-and-go situations where they were receiving a short pass from a scrum half off the back of a ruck and close to the opposition defense. A situation where the ball carrier might well be in an initially low position. Uh, and just lastly, from Nigel Melville, the RFU intern chief CEO, we need to analyze the data in more detail, but our preliminary analysis has shown that all of these incidents occurred when a bent at the waist tackler was attempting to tackle a bent at the waist ball carrier. Oh. Following a short pass from the... So, 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 basically, what they're saying is when people's heads are the same height, their heads are likely to hit each other. Yeah. So the, yeah. Why? Well, I could have told them that. How much do you think the study cost? <laughs> a million pounds. Yeah, I'm going to go with too much. Ben, you, I, could, I can you could build test, a can small section of a the, sec- the second worst injury I ever got in rugby was breaking my nose while t- trying to tackle someone, and he—that's exactly what happened. Like he went down, I don't know, I, like maybe trying to kind of bounce me or something. And I was trying to get as low, as low as possible for the angle of the tackle, oh. and his head just went straight into my face and broke my nose. So, yeah, that's, I can't, can't confirm that that's a thing. Yeah, so they they need to fix that. Also, Samoa under twenty flank. Uh, uh, um, father uh, Tagatului, he died on Thursday after a suspected head injury. And I know the French uh, rugby union, they're also looking at how to, to deal with the matter. So, look, I, I guess they've got to start somewhere. So, we'll see uh, what comes about it. Uh, and just to mention Pat Lambie, he retired as well last week uh, due to concussion-related issues. Yeah, but I just stand on fair, that. Is it rugby? Hmm? His concussion-related issues was from jumping for balls, not for tackles. Yeah, fair. No, that, that's fair. You should point out that uh, he's, he's a so, uh, I read an article on it this week or last week, and basically the current rules are actually enough to prevent concussion. But the problem is they aren't enforced yeah. because they're saying so. You, you, there were four times more yellow cards for deliberate knockdowns last season than there were for high tackles, mm. which doesn't mean there were less high tackles. It just means they're not actually refing refing the rules they have. So they're trying to create new rules instead of rather tightening up on what currently exists. It's bad law, Alex. I'm sure you agree. Uh, I agree with you. I agree 100%. I mean, bad well, is it bad law? Is it a systemic problem, right? If you're saying that the law is fine, but it's not being implemented properly, then that's yeah, yeah, actually, not really bad. But, you know, you, sh- you shouldn't yeah. make new laws until you've actually no, 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 no. old ones here. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm obviously not going to get into it here because this is about rugby, not my mm. my line of work. But um, it is one of my like, my bugbears is that governments do that all the time. They try and legislate their way out of bad governance, and I think that's exactly what the world rugby is trying to do here. Mm. Uh, well, just oh, keeping on the theme. So, sorry, Matt. Uh, yes, speaking of what? I was going to say. Um, I don't know if you saw the head, if you had the headline in the one there. There was that. Speaking of world rugby and legislating themselves out of laws, they must issued uh, a. A rules clarification rule edit. Oh, we're getting there. We're okay. getting there. Uh, yeah, let me just quickly just do this one from SA Rugby. Uh, they, they, the reason I mentioned them is they've held a concussion workshop uh, and they are committed to creating more awareness of concussion uh, following the workshop in Cape Town on Thursday. Uh, the one day workshop involved medical professionals from SA national teams as well as franchise and provincial sites and insurers. Uh, that's interesting. That's where the money comes from. The first of its kind workshop was facilitated by SA Rugby in collaboration with Momentum and my players. Uh, that's a professional rugby players representative organization here in South Africa. Following several months of discussion and part of an ongoing process of refining concussion protocols, the key stakeholders assembled this Thursday is to, to collaborate and develop an action plan. 
a concussion le cotla, so it appears. Some of the key, key outcomes on the way forward were the following. A commitment was made to provide specialized concussion prevention and rehabilitation training to selected medical practitioners involved at the provincial rugby unions to expedite the development of a national network of medical doctors who are well-versed in concussion management for rugby union to build uh, upon current concussion awareness and education of rugby players, medical doctors, parents, teachers, coaches, match officials, and other rugby stakeholders. Uh, okay, that's it. And then just a quick quote from um, the Flint Red, Redhead. So I thought it said Redhead. The senior manager of the medical department of SRAB said the purpose of the workshop was to identify key interventions that will further enhance best practice in concussion management. So, uh, yeah, and, then, and Brendan Fenter, Dr. Brendan Fenter, excuse me, he was also involved. So that's just SRAB doing their part. Now, which on to just what Matt was just referring to. I like the headline here. World Rugby secretly changes offside rules. So I'm getting a bit of feedback from someone. What is that? I don't know. It's coming from your side because it's when you're talking. Me? Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, World Rugby secretly changes offside rule. Okay, the rule which helped the All Blacks to hang on for victory against England last November has been secretly revised by World Rugby. According to the Stuff website, World Rugby is not supposed to amend laws in a Rugby World Cup year, but described the rewording of this one as a revision instead, as a look to avoid similar confusion in future. Um, just to quickly give some context, the All Blacks were leading 6-15 when just four minutes ago, uh, TJ Perinada had a kick charge Courtney Laws, uh, Sam Underhill collected the ball and scored in the corner as the home crowd explained uh, what they thought would be a famous victory. However, uh, Marius Jonker, who is the TMO, he ruled out that due to laws having been offside the ruck, this crucial tweak of the law, not formally announced with World Rugby, is that the offside line... Are any of you playing me on speaker, by any chance? Is that yeah, I'm right? sorry. I've, I've left my headphones, but I'm getting your side. Like, when I speak, is it there? No. No. It's because, I think it's because my, my booming voice is uh, coming through. Okay, now we'll just we'll march on. Okay, this crucial tweak of the law, not formally announced by World Rugby, is that the offside line at the ruck will not, whoops, excuse me, will now not be based on positioning of the hindmost foot, but rather the hindmost point of any player from either team. So it's like, be it an arm or a head. So they've, they've yeah, not but changed that, it. That's what, that's what the rule was. The, the feet is just, it's just... Uh, it was just a turn of phrase, was, essentially. Yeah. yeah, it was just yeah. a turn of phrase. Like it was always because you know, say you say you hypothetically get tackled and you you do you know the full stretch out. So your feet are basically on your on the opposition side. You know, pointing towards your your uh, your try line. Yeah. Then what? The, the the last man's feet are what? Like where the basically like, where the, yeah, the other side's feet. Yeah, no, it's it like that was always the rule, and I think England would just. Stretching at straws there, uh, grasping at straws there to try. I think that's why they're getting away with change. Well, in the sort of quotation marks, changing it because they're saying we're not changing the law, we're just clarifying the law. Yeah. Which I think yeah, but I, I, would, I don't have a problem with. That. I would call it a clarification rather than a. Yeah. They, yeah. Well, they, what do they call it? A revision. Yeah, that's, yeah. They're calling yeah, it a revision, which is I think a stronger term than a clarification. Of course, a revision is yeah. an actual amendment. Yeah. Like they're stupid. They should have just said we're clarifying the law. And they should have just we, published we, we, like in a, like a separate document saying by feet we yeah. mean in this specific and not actually yeah. fiddle with the actual we, we, law. We yeah. have these things called uh, practice notes in tax law. Ah yes. Yeah. Where they, they issue a law, and then like a few months later, or whatever, they will issue something basically saying how how the law is going to be um, 
applied in yeah. like a practical sense. I, I, that's why I would say it's a practice note. Yeah, yeah, I agree mm. with that. Yeah. Essentially, someone's found a loophole in it after they've published the law, and then they've got to run a practice yeah. law quickly, <laughs> practice note to fix the yeah. loophole. Like, like, oh, fuck, we, we've leaked a hundred million dollars. We better sort this out yeah. quickly. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare when in 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 legal profession when you got to look through like legislation, got to look through acts, then you got to look through regulations. Then you got to look through practice notes. Then you got to look through like the magistrate court rules or the oh, high court God, rules or whatever. Yeah, there's just like non-stop sources for what you're actually supposed to do. It gets very confusing. Yeah. And yeah, well, I understand why like that might be unavoidable in the actual, you know, the real legal profession. But in the rugby world, oh, thank you. I just got breakfast. Um, in the real, you know, in the rugby world, like there's no excuse for it to be that complicated. They really just need one master document of the rules, which they have, and then at at best. At, I mean, at most, they need like a clarification handbook for referees. Like practically, you know, these are the factors you look at when determining whether a player is actually supporting his own way to the ruck, for example. And these mean, are the factors you look at to determine whether a, 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 like a pass is actually forward, you know, the angle yeah. of the hands, that kind of stuff. Because at the moment, there's all this kind of hearsay and everyone's like, oh, I thought this is what they looked at. Oh, no, I thought this is what they looked at. And the commentators kind of like do their yeah, best the to clarify, just... but... There's no, a lot of the speculation. They make the matter worse a lot of the time, though. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's like a Welsh and Australian commentator. Because then it's yeah. like, oh, no, whatever best suits their, their sides. Their, their yeah. Oh, God, God. We, we should actually have a we should have a stop drop and poll about this. What do we think the fashionable law of the year is going to be? Because oh, yeah. last year, 2017, it was taking the man in the air. Yeah. 2018, it was deliberate knockdown. Yeah. Now... What, what, what do you what do you think uh, what do you think the the fashionable law is going to be in 2019? I think with all these with all these uh, tackle height studies finishing up now, I reckon it's going to be the high tackle, just an early yeah, high, high tackle. tackle. Yeah, I, I think rugby world are gonna are gonna do. I think they're gonna go the opposite direction. I think it's going to be straight feet at the scrum. <laughs> Alex, stop stop playing with my heart. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, stop right so let's, my heart. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. I'm going to try to just blow through a lot of these uh, quite, quite quickly. It's still quite a bit of news. Uh, Major League Rugby, Season 2. Uh, it's back. It's gone from seven teams to nine. Uh, the Toronto... Wait, where's the name here? Toronto the Arrows. Toronto Arrows. They're in the league, along with the Rugby United New York. Why couldn't they call it the New York Rugby or something? I don't know. They're in the league, New York though. United makes more sense than Rugby United New York. Yeah, I, I don't get it. But anyway, we're big fans of uh, MLR. We're playing Super Brew this year. Who's our champion, by the way? Our reigning champion for MLR? Maybe Alex. Mm. Well, I don't know. I think, Not me. I've got... Matt, Matt, Matt's, Matt's still playing halfway through, so I beat him. But I yeah, think I can... Guys have, I can't believe you guys have forgotten that I did the double last year. What was more significant for you, uh, the draft league or the MLR Super Brew? 100% MLR. <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. There's, more, there's more money in it. Yeah, uh, no contest. I, I'm just going to uh, say just, this now, uh, I'm, already, I'm already 0, 0 for 2 on like win points and match points for MLR this weekend. <laughs> uh, I think I got one, one point. I got, I got one win point, but I missed the margin point and... Actually, I think I've got a bunch of points. Uh, just, just a bit of details. MLR, they have a salary cap, uh, like all the uh, professional sports in the years, of $350,000. But uh, MLR commissioner, uh, Dean Howes, is bullish about the prospects for rugby's growth in the sporting landscape of uh, NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. And I quote, I think rugby has the potential to be a top-tier sport. It is a great sport. It's fun to watch. 
It's a great, exciting game. It's in constant motion. Rapier is the attitude, attributes of a sport that translates very well in person and on TV. We just need to convert more people to it. Uh, and then the, the chances of attracting your audience will be given a significant boost this season when CBS... Uh, broadcast the postseason championship game on its national network. That's huge. Uh, as if they're going to go to a wide American uh, network. And he says how it'll give us 10 times the exposure that we've had before. So yeah, check it out, guys. Uh, Major League Rugby. Uh, and, and get following. I, I support the San Diego Legion because I just thought that was, that was a baller name. So uh, yeah, but that's my contribution, really. I, I, I've changed my support. Last year, I was Austin Elite. I've changed to New Orleans Gold because I like nice. saying always gold. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I've switched from I'm the stuck with, I'm stuck with Lola Gold because I've got a relative who plays for them. Uh, I've, really? I've, yeah, the tight head prop is called Ben Tar. You're pretty sure it's related. Nice. Is he related to you? Maybe he's related yeah, I, to me. His name is Ben. <laughs> well, maybe you and I are related. I don't know. Uh, right, just a couple of quick ones. Uh, reporters, I mentioned before, they always have very good rugby story Sunday, uh, the, the Sunday Afrikaans paper here. I don't have access to the premium content. Our budgets are quite limited here at ERB, but I can see their headlines, right? Uh, and just to pronounce it in uh, Afrikaans, so you're going to hear uh, Soti speak Afrikaans. Where's this here? Clubs Varamo Peter Steff Spur. Okay, I did that very badly, but the translators to that Peter Steff pretty much is. Uh, overseas clubs on his trail, which you couldn't be surprised by. Something that hopefully we'll be able to get a bit more detail about, though, is uh, the Stormers. Gaat small eight, pulled through in. So uh, maybe they're alluding to maybe rumors or information, who knows what, about uh, the West, the Western Province Rugby Union's director of rugby, Gaat small, being replaced by Paul True, who used to be, what coach was he last year? He had a bit of a funny title. He was the a, women's coach? But he wasn't he the women's coach at one no, point? No, I thought he was like micro-movements. So he had a he funny thing. Backline, like, yeah, it was essentially backline attack. Like phase four to... Yeah, like phase four to in, infinity coach. I can't remember. <laughs> and, and beyond. And he fought with... Yeah, and he fought with Paul Feeney. Um, I don't know. He went through an internal disciplinary process at the Stormers. So that's bubbling up. So maybe we'll find out a bit more about that. Just a couple more small items. Jacques Ferry, he's got a new gig. He has been coaching at the Force, but he is now uh, the Eagles, the USA Eagles' new defense coach. Uh, I mean, he was a defensive rock when he played for the for the Boca, so I, I think that's a pretty good signing by, by the USA, or it's considered. Maybe he's terrible, I don't know, but well, I guess Gold's we'll find out. <laughs> oh, jeez, Gary Gold, that guy. Uh, I want. He keeps getting gigs, though. Hey? Do you know but what? I, guess I good saw for him. something interesting. Why they picked Gary Gold actually as coach? Why? They like, he's got a very American-sounding name. Is he's that also, true? Um, that and he's also he's not necessarily the best coach at coaching players. They've admitted this, but he's good as at coaching other coaches. So they've got him there, sort uh, of like an adversarial role for the other sort of lower level coaches in the US. Oh, that's a fair that's a fair point. So they've got him there um, as Jim. like a knowledge base essentially. Yeah, well, just I mean, in, in football before Germany, Germany, I think they had a terrible, might have been 2006 World Cup or 2002, one of the two. They overhauled the entire coaching setup. They now have one of the highest number of uh, UEFA qualified coaches um, in, in well, UEFA, well, I mean, the, the European football area. And a high number of coaches, it's more of an intangible, it does translate. I mean, you'd, you'd be able to make better use of your resources. Same thing in Iceland um, and their football. They've got a ton of coaches per the number of players uh, that they have. So I, I get it. Uh, it's quite a, it's a strategic move. Uh, I'll put it that way. But we're all going to watch. I, I guess it's like at schools, you know, like yeah, the, the better academic schools have a low uh, student-to-teacher ratio. Yes. Yeah. 
So, you know, if your school is like eight students for every one teacher, that's your, that your kids are going to be getting a lot of special attention, blah, blah, blah. As opposed to if there's like 50 kids per teacher, then, you know, the teachers have less time. It's a similar principle, really. Mm. Uh, just our last piece of news, uh, Pro 14. I know we often don't give it a bit of a shout out, but the Kings, uh, they came back. They scored two tries uh, at NNMU Stadium. Hey, Matt, we've been there. Have you been there for, for Tri-Varsity? I remember getting quite quite pissed there once. So I don't really remember the game. I think Rose lost by 50 points. Yeah, uh, I, to, to yeah I went to the later one. I didn't I didn't go to the one you went to. Oh, uh, yeah, you went. We... I wasn't at Rose yet, but... Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, 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 I was busy making my mark in your future dorm room. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Kings, the Kings, they beat the they beat Edinburgh 25-21 for their second one of the season. So, congrats. And the Cheetahs, uh, they put the hammer down on Zebra, beating them 61-28. Uh, Gwent Dragons and a classic Northern Hemisphere scoreline lost to Munster 7-8. And Cardiff Blues beat Connacht 8-7. So, um <laughs> <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like rugby for the purists. Yeah, uh, so just other results. Uh, Leinster beat uh, the Scarlets 22-17. Ulster drew with uh, Treviso. That's a good result for Treviso, 17-all. And uh, the Glasgow Warriors, they beat Ospreys, 9-3. Right, now uh, we'll shift from Northern Hemisphere to Southern Hemisphere. We'll go to Northern Hemisphere a bit later. Super rugby previews. Uh, ben, could you start us off with uh, previewing the Lions, please? Yeah, um, the Lions. Just a just a disclaimer. I am a Lions fan, so obviously take whatever I say with a with a bit of a pinch of salt. But I, I like to think I'm quite a quite a realistic fan, and perhaps overly cynical at times. Actually, aren't you longing yeah. for the days for the Lions to be shit again, so all these fly by night Lions fans can leave? Actually, I actually have a note at the end about. Like, literally, I've written it down how I want the Lions to become underdogs in the game. <laughs> oh. uh, oh, sorry, I'm just laughing at, laughing at myself and my predictability. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'll start with the outs. Lots of outs. Lots and yeah. lots of outs. Um, so I'll start. Um, I'll pair them off. Um, Ruandre and Jacques Van Rooyen, um, essentially two of the starting props. Both big losses because I know people talk about the Lions playing like a very running, very open style of game, but it's actually all—it's all based on a—it's based on a very strong set piece, and those two were kind of instrumental in doing doing a lot of the damage at set piece. I know they they gave away quite a few penalties and stuff, but I, I do think I do think there'll be there'll be big losses. They'll really be felt. Then, um. Then next, yeah, my oh. baby's crying. Oh no! Um, <laughs> He's upset about the. Not lies. happy about JC, uh, yeah, losing the. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not happy they're leaving either, James. But you know, we just got to move on. <laughs> South African rugby fan. Um, oh, he burped and now he's fine. Uh, okay. Then, yeah, then Franco Mostert. Obviously, at some point the lies were hanging on to some. I don't know, retarded hope. I'm not sure what they were going for. They're trying to argue about his movements were invalid and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Fran Franco is is officially gone. Obviously, massive workload. Like, and he does a lot of he does a lot of kind of the grunt work, a lot of the platform builders, which allows players like Quaker and Warren Whiteley to to be a lot freer. And like we were talking about with Michael Hooper and Wycliffe Palu. We might see a similar effect now where the Lions sort of very open, very free-flowing game. 
is sort of halted because now players like Kwaka and Warren Whiteley and Achiva Damani and um, uh, oh fuck, what's his name now? Yeah, but anyway, they're gonna they're gonna have to really they're gonna have to potentially tighten up their game to kind of fill this fill this mustard shaped hole. Then two guys that they didn't actually really. They didn't actually really play a lot last year through injury. Well, one didn't play at all, obviously. But then uh, Jakob Kriel and Rohan Janssen van Rensburg, um, yeah, they, they've both gone to, to greener pastures. Um, yeah, obviously they, 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 were, they were good to have in the squad, but yeah, you got to move on. Uh, sorry, there's lots of shit going on here. They're boiling the kettle and the baby's crying and crap. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So then they, they they lost a few. They lost to uh, Jansa, What's his name? The scrum of Jansa van Furen as well. Mm. Where's he gone? Uh, he's gone to the sevens apparently. I thought I saw his name on the sheet for the Bulls. Oh, uh, on on the on the website it says he's he's been released to Springbok se- uh, to Springbok sevens. Okay. Uh, but maybe, yeah. Uh, Springbok sevens, he was a bit. He was a bit surplus to needs, to be honest. I liked him though. I liked, I liked the way he played. Yeah, yeah, but he never seemed to really come into his. Well, once they got groom, it just seemed like he was never going to get game time. Yeah, yeah, we... yeah. Okay, then uh, ends. They got Donny Donny Mini, I think. Yeah. So, like, I haven't actually heard of this guy much. Like, he must have just slipped under my radar. But I see he's he's got he's twenty from... odd caps for. He's got twenty odd caps for the Grippers and the Cheetahs. Then yeah. he played Sharks Curry Cup and a one game for Sharks Super Rugby, and then he played twenty odd games for Toulouse. Yeah, he's been so big he's in actually, France. Yeah, he's, he's actually he's actually been around the he's been around the park. So maybe he is actually he's probably going to come straight into the starting side. Would be my guess. If so. you know, obviously they would have to dangle something to kind of lure him away from those euros and pastries. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think he's a. He's a bad purchase. Then they've also brought in Stefan Lavis, uh, who was a bit of a shark stalwart. I'm not quite sure why he didn't go back to the shop. Uh, it's not like I think, I think is, it was injury. He was injured. But, for uh, is, is, isn't he on loan? Well, no, he's he sharks, and then Japan. Well, he's been at the Sea Waves, I think they called in Japan. But I think he's on loan. I think he he and um, which front row is it? Uh, is it Kalusadi maybe from the Stormers? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, apparently are on loan from those teams. Oh. They're not actually permanently moving to the Lions or something like that. I might be wrong. A lot of the times, loan deals end up as permanent moves. So, that's a cock. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, um, he's there. Yeah, sixty odd sharks caps. Uh, he's just come back from Japan and from injury, so hopefully he'll be raring to go because he's got to he's got to work hard eh, to fill that sort of mustard size gap he is relatively mobile when you compare him to someone like uh, Laurence Erasmus so yeah maybe maybe a positive impact but I don't think he'll have as positive an impact as mustard would have had let's say that mm. then um, you yeah, know a bit of a, a bit of a cheat here with with my ends <laughs> but I'm gonna say um, Tyrone Green and Wandelia Similani obviously they were they were sort of they were they have been at the Lions for a while now though they kind of went through the age restructures but they obviously both had a very big um, you know, junior World Cup and yeah I, I think they I think they should 
start getting blooded into Super Rugby this year. Uh, Similani especially is a prodigious talent. And I'm going to say Tyrone Green, you heard it here first. The South African Damien McKenzie. He will be referred to that at some point this season. What? Who? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, who was that? No, 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 no. Don't me? repeat yourself, Ben. Keep going, keep going. Which person <laughs> is this? <laughs> Tyrone Green. Damn it, Okay, ben. yeah. Tyrone Lee. Yeah. Wait, oh, Adam, you don't know who that is. Adam's busy. You don't know who Tyrone Green is. Adam's running through all A to B's fucking spreadsheets now. He's got Tyler Paul, <laughs> but he can't find Tyrone Green. He's like, fuck, where's his in lines, let's see. He'll, yeah. be, he'll, be, he'll be between. No, he'll be after Tyler Paul. Uh, <laughs> I think we the alphabetically. Well, look, well, like he, look, look, he's a twelve, okay, and uh, he's twenty. He's one point seven seven meters tall, eighty kilograms, and he went to JP High School for boys. <laughs> okay, he's, All he's right. so we, we confirmed that Adam's Wikipedia does work. Yes, it he's does. A, moving on. Moving on. I don't big. think that I don't think those those um dimensions are right. Uh, mm-hmm. he's quite that makes him tiny. He's yeah, tiny. Uh, he's tiny. Yeah, he's he's a, that's why he's a South African Damien McKenzie watch. But he's not Fuck, he's I not that small. Ben. You, we, we, when we talked about him the other day, you you described him as like an angry winger, like you. Yo, like he, he is. Walked. He's angry, but he looks like David McKenzie. So he's got okay. like small man syndrome, is what you say. Yeah, no, he's he's got he's got rage. He play he plays like a much bigger man. To be honest, I don't think he's going to get a huge amount of game time. But I don't even think those goes, measurements are right. Um, uh, uh, with Springboks being rested and stuff, he could go, and he's not. I think he's a, he's a prospect for the future. I, I would argue he's probably a bit small for South African taste. He might become a culture in France, but um, yeah, he's he's a good mm-hmm. player. And Andile Simbalani as well is he's he's got what it takes. I, I would say to play Springboks one day, but yeah, hopefully they hopefully they don't throw him in the deep end too soon. But they shouldn't because they still have a relative backline depth, so they're not that desperate. Okay. Um, key forwards, um, pretty low-hanging fruit here. I'm going to say Malcolm Marks. Like, we saw it with the Springboks. When Malcolm Marks plays well, the Springboks play well. When mm. Malcolm Marks plays well, the Lions play well. They need him to have a big season. They need him to hit his line-out jumpers. They need him to do to fill a lot of holes. Because he... he he is good enough to single-handedly lift a team and a fantasy team, incidentally. True. Yeah. John, yeah. Uh, obviously, he will be uh, he will be rested at some point, so that's gonna that's gonna leave a big gap. So hopefully, they rest him quite strategically. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, key backline player, obviously, uh, Hachiva Daimani, um, with his conversion <laughs> thing, it's just it's just gonna be potently left right center runs 110 six. You know, incredible athlete. Mm. The man who uh, should be wing. No, uh, Adam Achiva Daimani is actually a loose forward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, this rumor sounds unsubstantiated. Yeah, I would say uh, the key backline player is probably Altinanchis. The Lions still, despite all the coming, all the goings, not really comings and goings, they still have a pretty good backline. And Alton Yanchis is going to be sort of the, the key to unleashing that back line. He is, they don't really play much of the, they don't really play much of nine. Pretty much everything they do goes through him. So, yeah, he's very important. Obviously, he's famously hot and cold. So, hopefully, he is hot for most of Super Rugby. I don't think he'll be rested much because, obviously, he's not, he's not a starting spring box. So, yeah. 
then strengths. They have potentially a very good starting backline, very exciting backline. Let's say that at least, because Cornel Groom, then Alton Yanchis, uh, Deanti at eleven, then Foster Mapu, Scorson or Combrink, or then could see or Combrink. I, I would like to see Combrink play fifteen. I think he's got. I think he's got more fifteen attributes than Kutsia uh, mm. has. But uh, you don't know. Obviously, Scorson is entitled to that 14 jersey in a way. But yeah, um, they also have uh, Madosh Tambwe, who had one fantastic fantasy week. So yeah, if you yeah, I remember that you, uh, that was against. I was facing Phil uh, that weekend. Uh, I mean, I got like uh, over 600, and he got over 700. But when Madosh got those, that was, yeah, that was uh, that was the week he set the record for. Yeah, yeah, and he dropped him. He dropped yeah. him the that, next. That Sunday, like he was out on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah honestly, <laughs> and I mean, to be fair, I don't think he scored any more points for this. Yeah, this it was one of the most cold-hearted things that I've ever seen. Like it was, well, it was pretty I mean, bad. Phil, will, Phil is a confirmed psychopath. So. Is Maruza still here yeah. as well? Out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah uh, he, he was captain yeah. his last weekend in the warm-up yeah, game. Yeah, they in the uh, warm-up game. And, and how how would Manisi's there in the centres as well? So he, he hasn't seemed to have kind of got back to where he was though. Like mm-hmm. here's him and Stuckey's Hanukkah have both sort of just gone off the. Uh, yeah, where's Stuckey's Hanukkah? Was he at the Kings or something? What's he like? Fuck he's a pastry chef now. <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm sure he's like an yeah. insurance broker somewhere now or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but because anyway, with a name like Stocky's Anacom, you can only really be a professional rugby player. It's the only pro- it's the only profession where someone called Stocky's Anacom could be t- taken seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he is with the Kings anymore. No, I don't think he's he was. Disappeared. He was there for a yeah. while. He's not there. He was, but I don't know if he's still there. Uh, his actual name is uh, Nicholas Johannes Stocky's Anacom. Yeah, but it, I mean, he's Stocky. <laughs> he's Stocky's Anacom. Yeah. He's Stocky's Yeah. 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 Uh, yes. okay. Anyway. Uh, so another strength. Uh, they have a very, very mobile uh, loose forwards potentially, mm-hmm. like because they could have Quaka, Achivadamandi, and Warren Whiteley. That is, Ooh. that is like. I think they'll weak. go with it. <laughs> they might. They crazy like that though. Yeah. They they might go Brink actually. They, no, I'm Brink sure they'll go Brink. Yeah, I'm assuming quality. they're gonna go with a slightly, uh, at least one slightly bigger loose forward because they've got no, uh, they've got no props, you, so they're gonna have to yeah, go with yeah. one of the bigger wings <laughs> in the front. Yeah. Actually, I'll talk about this a bit later. But if if you if those three are on the on the field at some point, and the lines are cooking, like mm. it's like it's like defending against a backline with eleven players or whatever. Like it's gonna yeah. be, and gonna marks. be pretty, yeah, and marks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, on your marks. Yeah, then. Another strength is obviously they've lost a lot in their squad. But saying that they lost a lot in their squad last year, so I'm going to say mm-hmm. one of the one of their strengths is momentum. Like winning, like we talk about this a lot. Yeah. Winning is a habit. Yeah. You get used to winning. You get used to kind of pulling it out the fire at the end. And I I think um, this squad has enough players who are kind of in the winning culture that hopefully they can just carry that momentum through, even though they haven't really got the haven't really got the personnel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, weaknesses, they, yeah, big weakness in the tight five. Um, and I would say they lack a basher as well. They lack sort of the mustard roll. So they are probably, as we say, going to have to play someone 
someone like Carl bringing like a big a big six just to kind of add a bit of uh, kind of put in another type forward just to kind of do a bit more of the grunt work which obviously kind of gives selection issues because you'd want Damani and Kwaka to play but you know there is actually only room for one of them as you guys said Kwaka to nine um, yeah, I actually wrote a suggestion now that maybe they should pretty much just try to play touch rugby. Just try and minimize the breakdown, you know, just throw the ball around like as much as it. You know, like in seventh where the yeah. playoff like does the ball, then like walks backwards. I think they've got yeah. to start doing shit like that. Have you yeah. not? Uh, play a bit like the Reds. I was going to say, have you yeah. seen the Squidge rugby video on Fiji and why they're so good? It's essentially because that's how they play. They just don't have a strong... Yeah. They don't play with the, the two, three forwards parts. they just like, oh, we'll have one. And everyone else is a backline player now. Mm. Yeah, no, but like, obviously, Seven that that's Occasionally, you score some filthy tries and stuff, but, you know, if it actually worked, I'm pretty sure every team would do it. Yeah, look, Scotland yeah. picked that apart, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, then uh, there's very little squad depth especially in the forwards like if they lose a few props they're going to have to be doing a chief's maneuver and going to like building sites and stuff to try to find new ones so that'll be that's probably not ideal then uh, the weight of expectations as well like there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure on them to perform and as i said i don't really necessarily think they have the personnel to to kind of bring that performance so yeah there there'll be a lot of yeah, I guess a lot of people will be expecting a lot from them. Let's just say that. Then um, my little my little thing, like Matt was talking about, I personally, I don't really, as a Lions fan, I don't like the Lions being on top. I think it attracts too many glory supporters. People are just too excited about the Lions. Suddenly everyone's acting like they like the Lions and stuff, Adam. which, yeah, you know. I, I, I don't really care for it puts too much pressure on them it puts like watching a game expecting your team like knowing your team should win as a fan is actually very stressful mm-hmm. like I get, I get enough stress like that from the spring box I don't need it in super rugby as well so I would rather the Lions kind of manage their expectations a bit this year let's say that mm-hmm. um, ben, ben can I yeah, suggest so- for your blood pressure you just watch a couple of Kings game is this like a Someone who's got a mild interest in the Kings. That should help you out. I'm not a big Kings fan, man. I hate to break it to you. No, I know you are because they kicked the Lions out when the Lions were shit. Peak, peak yeah, Ben Lions. And if, I, peak and ben and lions. if it <laughs> about this, but Ben holds a grudge. You must know this about <laughs> It's true. At peak um, Ben Lions. Yeah. Yeah, so then, um, yeah, that, that's when I was happy when the, when the Lions got relegated. That's when I cried. <laughs> Actually, I had a really enjoyable season of Super Rugby that because you could watch without expectations, yeah, you know. Like, yeah. welcome I to think my I life, thought, ben, ben. Welcome to my life. Yeah. Uh, then my prediction: I think they are going to come third behind the Sharks and the Jags. Pretend, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, that was clinical. Uh, I appreciate. I appreciated that. Thank you, Adam. You enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just deafening <laughs> silence. All right. <laughs> well, we thought you were still talking. Uh, no, 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 I'm not. Um, but Alex, uh, it's your turn. Uh, if you could just tell us about, about your favorite team, the Stormers, please. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just going to start off with a correction because I'm not. I wouldn't go so far as said the Stormers are my favorite team. You just support 
I'm a Storm yeah. supporter, and I want them to succeed. So if I had to pick a team, if I could pick the winner, I would say the Stormers. But that doesn't mean that they're my favorites. But <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I'm also, I mean, I, I'm a very kind of cynical, like Ben had his disclaimer that because he's a Lions fan, you just take everything with a pinch of salt. Um, with when it comes to me and the Stormers, you need to try and, and wash some of that salt off before you get the truth. Because <laughs> it's a very heavily salted opinion. Um, but basically, I'll start off with the notable losses. And it was, it was quite frustrating doing this preview because, it, honestly, you know, they, they really are one of the most boring fucking unions in the entire competition. Uh, like, there's very little going on in terms of transfer activity. The coaching staff really isn't very like inspirational you know there's no kind of leon mcdonald kind of thing and it's kind of the, the same names over and over again and i don't know it's just it gets a little bit dull as a supporter if you ask me and i i've also i mean it's, it's tough because i've also criticized them in the past for being stupid with transfers and buying players who are already past their prime but there's a middle ground somewhere there and like i think that the stormers are one of those unions that just lets a lot of young talent get, get away from it too easily but I'll start off with the notable uh, losses, of which there aren't very many. Uh, J.C. Janssen van Rensburg, he was the backup to Steven Kitschoff. Um, and it's suddenly in that position that the Stormers are finding them quite weak because they've got very, very good heads, but they're struggling a bit at loose head. And it's inevitable that Kitschoff's going to have to be ready at some point in the season. So, yeah, J.C. Janssen van Rensburg would have been that guy to come in and, and take his place. Now it's a bit unclear who that's going to be. Then Nizam Kar, he already had like a foot out the door last year after his stint, at, his first stint at the Wasps. He's now gone back there full time. So, you know, I, I think he probably, he kind of jumped before he was pushed because he was struggling to really hold down a starting position toward, towards the end there. But um, yeah, it's, it's valuable experience in the back in the back three of the sort of the loose trio that we we're now going to miss. Um, and I think he kind of complemented the, the strength of the forward pack quite well. So he's gone. And he's obviously <clears throat> going to be missed a lot as a leader, um, nevertheless, as a player. So uh, the last notable loss that I'm going to pick is Diawad Dufenhacher. Yeah, it's I wouldn't say notable, but... Um, I, I never thought those words would leave your mouth. Diawad Dufenhacher, notable loss. No, actually, I appreciate him, you know, because he, there was a, a game a few years ago, I can't remember exactly what year it was, but um, the Stormers kind of went through a fly, one of its traditional uh, fly-half crises, and he found himself playing fly-half for the last 20 minutes of the game against the Blues. I think this was in like 2013 or something, and he kicked a last-minute penalty from the sideline to win the game against the Blues. So there's a little, I've, I've got a bit of appreciation for Diavad Duvenacher, but I yeah, that's that's not enough for me to um, pretend like he's a, a super rugby level scrum half anymore, uh, if he ever was indeed. But yeah, so he's gone, and it wouldn't be worth mentioning other than the fact that the Stormers actually have no fucking scrum halves. Like it's it's probably the worst <laughs> position in the in the squad at the moment. It's it's really shocking. Um, I guess probably Yana for Mark will play there, and then they've got the youngster um, Herschel Yankees. Maybe he'll get some game time. Um, yeah, it's not looking good. But anyway, so those are the guys. That's the out, the outflow. The intake is even more limited. I had to really scratch around to find something to say. But um, technically, Ronel is an addition to the squad. He wasn't in the Super Rugby squad last year, but he was. He was still with the Sevens at that point. But he was in the Curry Cup team, 
And he made a bit of a name for himself. I mean, we all know he was called up to the Springbok squad without having played Super Rugby. He didn't actually feature for the Springboks, but, you know, it's still a, a vote of confidence. Um, he had a good Curry Cup for the second place, Storm, uh, Western Province, in, in 2018. So, you know, that's something. Then uh, the only other in, intake that I really want to bring to your guys' attention is this guy called Quenzo, uh, I think it's called pronounced Blose. B-L-O-S-E. It might just be Blows. Quenzo Blows or Blose, something like that. He's very, he's completely unknown, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pretend like he's an up-and-comer, you know, going to be in the Springboks for the World Cup, and he's stupid like that. But he was the junior Springbok loosehead a couple of years ago. He actually converted from lock. He was playing lock at school, and then he played loosehead when he got to junior like under twenty level, and he was the junior Springbok loosehead a couple of years ago. So the only reason I raise it is because with J.C. Anson from Rensburg going and Kitchoff being arrested for the Springboks at some point, I think it's actually quite likely that we're going to find him. Um, taking the field rather unexpectedly because I don't really rate Al- Alistair for Mark very much. So, uh, yeah, there you have it. A little bit of a hot tip. It's already hot. It's like lukewarm. Um, then the strengths for the Stormers. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, well, okay, this is not out on a limb. This is, a, for me, uh, a fact. The Stormers have the best starting tight five in the competition. Yes. Stephen Kitchoff... Bongi Bonambi, Wilco Lowe slash Franz Malherber, Eben Etzebeth, Peter Steftetoy. I don't think any any team can compete with that. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, okay. no, I, I, I agree with you. Especially not the Brumbies. How do you feel about the possibility of the Stormers having the best starting tight five in the world at club level? Ooh, I don't know him. Leinster <laughs> might be able to take it. Yeah, I was going to say maybe. Yeah, yeah but at, at Super Rapier level, you're competing with the Crusaders. Um, I'm just trying to think who else is like crazy strong otherwise. Alex's beloved Brumby type 5. Uh, yeah, Brumby's. Leinster essentially have the Irish type 5, eh? Pretty yeah. much, yeah. Like, Pretty much. I mean, between like Tad Furlong and yeah. like James Ryan, for example, like they're. Yeah, they're pretty stacked. So, like, uh, it's a bit cheeky. I, I, won't, I don't think I'm going to push this. Oh, oh, I, I, no, I, it's going to be close. Do you, do you know what? No, there's, it, there's definitely logic there. Yeah. The best, the second best lock in the world. I, I think that's true. I agree with that. The safe is probably the fifth best lock in the world. Yeah. I, I'd say he's probably, like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's maybe about that. Kitschoff and Volker are definitely top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think yeah. it's also maybe even like top four. Yeah, Kitsov's like top four, five of loose heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Tag Furlong is probably the best in the world at his position. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the, there's Owen Franks as well when he's. Yeah. Uh, uh, Owen Franks, he's he's a bit he's a bit. He's a bit he's, he's cool, um, yeah, I, I, I would I would say come and come and get me. Stormers have the best tight five. Yeah. But no, I want to add a caveat. Alex, how many times this season are we yeah. going to see that type 5 playing together? Yeah, so, well, that's, yeah. that's your point, I guess. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so, so this is obviously the problem, right? And I, I'm going to touch on it a little bit more when I get to the weaknesses. But yeah, but yeah let's just, for the time being, just, just give me this. Storms yeah, are the best yeah, starting yeah. type 5 in the competition and possibly the world. So, um, sorry, just hang on. Something just cropped up in my dirt order desk game. Um... 
the next strength that I want to touch on is the fact that they've got a lot of firepower in their backs. So you look at guys like Willem Sir and Sergio Peterson, who like had a really, really great um, Curry Cup, obviously like sort of burst onto the try-scoring scene. And even guys like Lades, who has his moments of flashiness. Obviously, Sinatla's still there. He's yet to establish himself. But like they actually got like a surprising amount of, of like strike power. And if they can get that going, then they could be playing like a quite exciting brand of rugby and you know challenging for that you know the, the try scoring team of the year kind of thing. I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of promise there. Um, don't worry. I know there's another side to that coin. I'll get there. Then the third strength I want to identify is that they've got a very strong leadership core in the team. So guys who have a lot of senior players who've been there for quite a while. Like Evan Etzebeth, Sia Khaleesi, so two Springbok captains right, right off the bat, which is obviously amazing. Um, even Peter Steph Tutoy, who's like been a, a vice captain at Springbok level. And, um, you know, then other guys like Skubuzen Ocha and Alistair, uh, sorry, Yannifer Mark, who's not, you know, very successful at senior level, but he's been around the block. He's a journeyman. So I think, you know, he'll bring a lot to the table. Uh, so they've got a pretty good, you know, well-established leadership core and a well-established coach. So Robbie Fleck is well-established at the club. So they've got kind of consistency to rely on. That brings me to the weaknesses. Number one weakness, they've got consistency to rely on and a consistency shit. Robbie Fleck is a terrible <laughs> head coach. Um, all their senior players are either going to get rested or injured at some point in the year. And they're going to be left with a sort of skeleton staff of guys that no one's ever heard of. Um, the type, that amazing tight five is probably never going to play together because Evan Etzebeth is definitely going to get injured in the preseason. <laughs> and then Peter Steftatoy is going to move to seven because Rossi wants sorry, it. Uh, sorry, my, my hands suddenly started to started feeling sour. This is where all the salt's coming through now. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, sorry, continue, please. <laughs> just just throw some over your left shoulder for good luck. Then it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like we're going to end up at some point with a second row of Salman Murat and, and J.D. Um, JD Shikaling. Murat's got to try this week. And... Uh, but it's against that's... False Bay Rugby Club, so yeah, like good, good for him. Yeah. Um. And yeah, just like it's just we're getting hit by injuries. I know it. And then everything's going to be terrible. So that's that's one of the big weaknesses. And then, in between the stars, you got like some really mediocre players. Like I reckon, <laughs> the Stormers have a claim to some of the worst individual players in the entire competition i feel like they have the biggest uh rugby genie coefficient the massive yeah, amount of I think playing that's, that's definitely that's a fair shot like <laughs> you're mixing like urban etzebeth and and like um peter steph to with the likes of jj engelbrecht aka the bounty hunter and evia filion aka who <laughs> and uh yeah, like lades you're mixing you're mixing the best of lades with the worst of lades uh, so yeah, it's it's that you know, and just it's just it's it's a terrible union. It's a, it's a horrible place to be. Um, the uh, the toxic corporate environment is not going to kind of get any better anytime soon. And everyone knows that all those the best players in the in the team are, are on their way out as soon as the World Cup ends. So yeah, I, I don't have particularly high hopes. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much that wrapped up. Um, let me see then what's next. The key backs and the forwards. Okay, key forward. I'm actually going to go with Peter Steph Tutoy, just because of how instrumental he was for the Stormers last year. Like, and he, he was in the same role that he was for the Springboks. Like, without him, nothing happens. 
Um, he's got the best work ethic out of everyone in the competition, maybe. Like, he's incredible, actually. And without him, they're going to really struggle. Then keep back. Probably Willemse for the same logic that Ben had. Uh, uh, you know, they've got a lot of firepower on the back line, but if they don't have a guy who can get them going, then it doesn't count for anything. Um, so Willemse, if he can stay fit, which is already a big question mark because he did get injured last year, then I think they should be onto something. But if he can't, then it's a problem. Conference finish, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call them coming second last. I think they're going to finish above the Bulls. Um behind Lions, Jaguars, and Sharks in that order. That's my opinion. All right. Cool. Although, thanks, thanks, Alex. I uh, appreciate um, your very depressed feedback. <laughs> just just what, one more thing. Um, are they are they still playing at Newlands? They are yes. playing at Newlands this year. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's very up in the air, but I'm expecting them to move probably by next year. I don't have any inside information on that. It's just... This coming weekend, they're playing at the Cape Town Stadium, yeah. which is the new stadium that they built for the for those not from South Africa. This is the stadium they built for the rugby, uh, sorry, for the FIFA 2010 World Cup, and it's kind of sat there, kind of unused ever since. It's been quite a source of contention between the city and. Yeah, apparently, it was, was sort of built on the expectation that Western Province Rugby would move this year, and then and they did it. Yeah, as you've learned, I, I, I really don't know. There's a lot. There's been a lot of smoke and mirrors, so I, it's hard to say exactly mm. who's to blame. What I'm sure it's combination of both. But with their financial difficulties, Western Province Union are going to be forced to sell Newlands at some point. Yeah. some kind of big market developer and then have to either either keep the land and redevelop it and profit off of it or sell the land altogether and then have to move in as anchor tenants for the Cape Town Stadium. That's been on the horizon for the better part of the last five years. Yeah. But I think it is going to finally come to fruition this year and then probably manifest next year. Um, yeah. So that's the venue for this weekend's pre-seasons. They've got the four-way doubleheader with the superhero um, jerseys mm. being revealed. Um, Flithin and I are going to go watch, so that'll be lots of fun. Nice. Um, I'll, I can let you guys know how it goes. Cool. But, yeah. Okay. Well, there. Thanks, Alex. Uh, thank you for the very detailed preview. Uh, I'll be just quickly chatting about the Bills uh, now. <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm not as I'm not as down the storm as you, but I do understand uh, they do lack a bit lack a bit of depth, right? So uh, the Bills, uh, major ins and outs. Uh, they have attracted a lot of attention this year about the incoming, particularly Scott Britz, uh, who retired, didn't retire, and now he's coming back. Uh, he's in Dwarf Bermuda, and that's the major signing. Uh, he's going to knock Henry Lieberberg out of the starting team. Uh, then you have the likes of Cornell Hendricks, who over- overcame uh, a medical condition to come back. And then, very interestingly, uh, seven-star Roscoe Speckman. He's going to be playing 15 rugby this year. He's coming in for the Bulls. Others, there's Mado Bubikela, Dan van der Vestesen, Carl Duplessis, Paul Skuman. Well, Ace, uh, Janu Fenter, uh, Thea Marie, Stedman Hans, Frank Renaudier, and Dylan Sage as well. In terms in terms of the arts, uh, hello, Eddie. So the, the place is sitting, the dog just came and said hello. Uh, Pierre Skuman, the greatest prop not on earth. He's gone. He's out. Mornay Smith, uh, Adrian Strauss, uh, the former Springbok hooker. He's gone. Aston Fortain, Ruben uh, Ruben van Heeren, Sean Ardendorf, Butter Human, Francois Brammer. Not much of a loss. Why is, uh, wait, did you just say Porter Human? Did you just say Porter Human? On, no, on Butter, the list Butter of Butter 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 But
Oh, Butam. <laughs> sorry, Do you think sorry. Because he sounds too that's, much like Butam. No, that's that's just... an understandable mistake to make. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's not a real name. Yeah. They're just like, no, put Butam humans clearly earning a salary on the side as a play, as like a, an academy player. <laughs> So it's 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 it's, it's Um and then Francois Brammer he's gone Drew Sonopul and Jumbo Lingo. Uh he's out as well. Sorry, Eddie. This dog this dog's like right standing on me here all of a sudden. Uh right, just in terms of uh, the Bulls strengths, uh I'd like to point to their locks. They got uh, three very, very high quality locks. Uh, in Lurt Yago, Jason Jenkins and Ache Sneman. Ache and Lurt, uh, they'll be starting. And uh, Hendra Stassen, I don't know too much about him, but uh, generally speaking, the Bulls always traditionally have very, very decent locks. It'll be very interesting to see what comes out over there. I think the loose trio is going to be a, a bit strong. Uh, obviously, to state the obvious, a lot stronger this year uh, with Dwan Vermeulen. And I don't suspect Vermeulen will be rested that much. Uh, I think he could use a bit of rugby uh, under his belt. I'd also know that Scott Brits and Hooker, he, he's going to add a little bit to it. Um, even in their props, they do have a bit of experience, but there are fitness issues. Uh, I will get over it. There is, these are... Koboka, he he went had a bit of an injury cloud last year. Chivin, Nikani, uh, he also has had his injury problems. Uh, then you've got the likes of Matthias Besson, uh, Franz van Weg, and some Piwe, uh, Martin Zima, uh, Koba, Nkoli, uh, and then Dylan van der Vestes as well. Uh, but within the loose forwards, as they get back to it, they've got a lot of depth. There's Timagaga, Tim, uh, Timbalani Boy, uh, Nick Diago, who I've never really rated, but the coaches always seem to like him. I think he might, he's not co-captain this year. Oh, no, it's uh, Lurt. Lurt Diago, he's the captain this year. Uh, Carl, who, who Carl don't Dup- you rate? Nick, um, Nick, Nick Diago. Diago. Oh, yeah. He's big. Yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't really rate him that much. Uh, Rolf Schmidt, he's back to full fitness. Uh, but unfortunately, Mark of Finstaden, he's under a bit of an injury cloud. Scrum half, uh, they have some interest. That, uh, they've got Ambrose Papier, who, after finally being given a chance... After being finally given a chance on the end of your tour, I actually wonder if he'll become starting starting scrum off. But there's Ivan uh, van Sale and then Andre Warner as well. So I'm not quite sure who will start. Hopefully Ambrose, just from the, the Springbok perspective. Uh, at fly half, uh, there's 100 pot out of state, the obvious, but there's injury problems with Manos Basel for Manny Libok, which I'll speak about later. Centers, you're looking towards... That's, that's uh, okay, because like, they've got Garth April, right? Who's also yeah. likely injured. They're not 100% <laughs> yeah, sure. And is, I'll talk, and is not at all like he shit. Yeah, uh, I'll talk a little more about that now. No. Uh, Jesse Krill, I mean, naturally at 13, uh, he's the heavy hitter in the centers. And you got Birgit Odendahl, who, who's quite consistent. And the outside backs, uh, they've got quite a bit of pace. Uh, look, uh, none of us have really seen Hendricks pr- post problems, but I mean, Duncan Matthews, Roscoe Spenceman, Warwick Salant, Devin Sorry, Adam, post problems. Post problems, yeah. Sounds it, it, like a I terrible euphemism for like, ooh, he's post problems. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, overall, uh, yeah, overall bar, bar, the question, bar the scrum-off question about who, who starts, um, I mean, they've got a, a pretty decent back line. They've got a very decent starting 15, uh, I must say to state the obvious, especially at lock, pace to burn on the outside. And um, I think if Pollard can kick on, as he did last year, uh, from last year, I think they might do something that they'll be quite dangerous. So, but uh, the biggest problem, uh, first of all, I'd say weaknesses is injuries. They got they got big injury problems. I mean, you mentioned Garth April. Uh, it would appear. So I'm just trying to find out. It's yeah. I mean, Cornell Cornell Hendricks he came through as the Speckman, but uh, Manny Lebach he's got injury problems. Uh, there's also Miles Boschoff he's out for a few months. Uh, at hooker Edgar Maratula he's got he's only going to be back in March. 
which only leaves Brits uh, and Johan Grobelaar with Jakob uh, yeah, getting injured uh, for, for Gloucester. So that's uh, they have an issue. If they have an injury uh, at hooker, you're going to see someone probably from Varsity Cup being brought in. Travis Ishmael, he's got a shoulder injury. So they also have issues there. Uh, so he's quite a senior player. I mean, they've got, they've got coverage for it, but not great. And then more importantly, Markov and Stardom, who, who had, a, he had a, a solid year last year, he's out for three months. Uh, oh, just a quick correction, the Chiefs. Uh, I mentioned Sam Kane last last week. He's out for the whole season by the looks of it, so I apologize for doing so. Um, and then just also on the other injury front, they've got the guys like Yanis Kirsten, Arches, Neymar, Jason Jenkins, and Johnny Kotzer. They're all coming back from Japan. Um, and we, as we've seen, sometimes it's a bit of a dice roll about how long these guys go before getting injured. So then whoever play in Japan is for playing too long. So they, their fitness level needs to be monitored. Uh, but then you also got Andre Warner, 100 Lieberberger, Henry Starson. They're all set to return as well. And even at the on the coaching front, I mean, we, we, we spoke about it quite a bit, bit on the show. Victor was going to be coached, but now it's Poe uh, I mean, he knows the Bulls in and out, but um, he'll have a little bit to prove, uh, particularly. Uh, and then I guess the other major point is just beyond the starting 15, they're a little bit young. Uh, but they've got a very decent, decent starting 15, but we'll see. Uh, and it's just that. So then overall, uh, I guess in terms of prediction, oh, geez, I keep changing my mind, hey? Oh, classic classic me. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Bulls are going to – I'm thinking the Lions are actually going to come last in the African Conference. So the Bulls, I'm going to say they're going to come fourth. It's going to be quite tight uh, between them and the Yagiaras because I have the Yagiaras coming in. I had a third or second. I do stand to be corrected. So, but I mean, they'll be better this year, but the injury problems are, are massive, it's particularly if they lose uh, Brits or, or Krabala uh, at hooker. Okay. Yeah. And that I is it. That sounds fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's let's go into something we know tons about: Six Nations. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know, Alex, you said we must talk about this. Um, yeah. Um, all I know is that I've done any research. So, no, I mean, the most we've seen research we've seen on it is a meme on the uh, badger group, <laughs> yeah. which is quite funny. Um, but look, overall, what I know is I don't know the team to beat. Eddie yeah. Jones has a lot to prove. France are a bit yeah. of a shambles. Uh, Wales will be good. Uh, Scotland should be good. And Italy will get uh, beaten consistently. Sergio Priest is still captain. We're asking ourselves, how old is he, actually? So uh, we just Google how old Sergio Priest is. Sergio. Can I guess? I- I'm going to guess he's like 34. Yeah. Uh, ooh, pretty like good guess. Good. He is 34. Thirty six. He's thirty five, turning thirty six this year. Okay. Surely he should have won that players that have stayed consistently good because I feel like since I've started watching rugby, Paris has just been there dominating. Like yeah. since since ninety five, World Cup, Paris was there <laughs> age age nine, whatever it full, was. Full full head of hair. Glorious. He debuted for Italy in 2002. Jesus. Um, so, so he's yeah. In the course of the last ten years, That's I mean, he was already so, so he's, he was he's a seven, fully fed international star by 2001. That's amazing, years. hey? That's amazing. He's been good for that amount of time as well. Like, it's not like he's just sort of kind of peaked recently. Like, he's always been good, huh? Johnny yeah. has something cool. He was picked. Before he even played rugby professionally in Italy, oh, he played he 
played a year for a university club in Argentina. I think. I wonder if he played for Argentina, he would be a proper legend of the game now. Well, he could have been because, I mean, he would have been playing with a lot of those really good Argentinian guys like uh, Felipe Contoponi and Augustin Pichot and, um, you know, uh, like who those other guys, a couple of other guys. But, yeah, like it could have been. I wonder if he had just had one, if they just had one more like massive talisman, if they could have just been with the World Cup, they came close. The one we won, huh? 2007, yeah. They beat New Zealand, didn't they? No, didn't France oh, beat New Zealand? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. The forward pass. <laughs> um, uh, makes me laugh. In terms of just fixtures, I mean, we're kind of in a, in a, I know it's very, you can't say title decider uh, in the very first fixture, but it's Ireland versus Wales next Saturday. Uh, Ireland. I, sorry, uh, excuse me. I, I meant to say Ireland, England. Kickoff at quarter to seven. So, I mean, that's, that's, in, in the Ireland or in England? Yeah, in the, yeah at, at, at the Aviva Stadium. stadium. You know, that so, I would say at, um, at Twickenham, that game would be about 50-50, but in Ireland, I'd say it's about 70-50. Yeah. Um, France, though, host Wales at the start of France uh, on the Friday at 10. And then Scotland, I mean, the, the headline picture for the weekend, Scotland versus Italy uh, at Murrayfield. <laughs> As the curtain raises. Italy, Italy are talking big about it, eh? They reckon they're going to roll Scotland over. Obviously, like... Well, dude, the Pro 14 teams have been better uh, in the last two years. Yeah. Uh, they've done a lot of work at that level. Uh, so, Italy should be better. Um, but Scotland, I mean, are, are, are a good side. Uh, and France, I mean, France, we have no idea what they're going to bring. I mean... It was quite sudden, though. Like, suddenly, they just upped their game. Who? Who? Scotland. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, well, they, like, just... Really, it came from nowhere. Like, suddenly Scotland was like a, you know, a contender. Um, just for the island in the game, I know there were injury darts over over Mr. Mr. Andy Farrell's shoulder, Andy Farrell himself. Uh, but it appears... You know, oh, I must get on my Twitter parody account about this. Yeah. Are, are you talking exactly. about Owen Farrell? Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, Andy's his dad. And Andy's uh, likely to be the next coach of Ireland, if I understand that, if I remember that correctly. Oh, he is, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't really have any more to add. I just kind of figured the winner of the Dublin game, I, I, I'm saying Ireland are favourites, pretty much. I think they're a much better side uh, than England. And uh, especially with the, I don't know, it's a bow constrictor sort of game. As I said, they kind of remind me of peak Jake White Springboks, except maybe even a bit better. So, I, I, I assume they're favourites. But uh, there's the games when it's like Scotland, Wales, France, Wales, France, Scotland. That's the sort of stuff I'm interested in. England, I, I just I really hate England, uh, the rugby team. I don't know why. Uh, I despise them more than, than, than New Zealand and Australia. Um, and, and I, I don't no, hate no the one, Wales. No one hates I know it's a bit. I, I no guess they just hate me with their excellence. They just resent them. Like they yeah. just, I yeah, don't know why are you this good. Yeah. So uh, I know it's it's Six Nations adjacent, but could we please talk about West Indies just thrashing England at cricket? <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> Actually, isn't there isn't there um, like a second tier uh, European competition? European like running at the same time as this? Oh, uh, oh, uh, like 
Georgia, Romania. Yeah, the rugby uh, Europe, the rugby Europe uh, international championship. I want Georgia to win that and then replace Italy in the Six Nations. You th- yeah. Everyone wants that I'm to happen, trying, but uh, never, it's, it's never going to happen. It's, I, I, I want Georgia to come in as well just to dilute the quality of Six Nations. Uh, okay, yeah, the, the, the 2019 Rugby Europe Championship uh, that kicks off. So I managed to find, find something. It kicks off February 9th, okay? And the teams are Georgia, Russia, Germany, Belgium, Spain, and Romania. So, and it's promotion relegation. Okay. Yeah, so just uh, we'll try, try, try. What do you mean promotion relegation? Well, uh, I mean, Georgia are the champs. Gets... No, it's not Six Nations. Yeah, they get kicked out to the deep below. Yeah, you go yeah. down. Oh, so, so, so whoever loses the Six Nations is going no, 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 to go to the No, 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 it's not Six Nations. It's whatever, it's that. The right Europe. That Europe is where it stops there, and if they they can get relegated from there. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so, a multi-tier so, so, competition. So it's only relegation. Yeah, essentially, yeah. there's no there's no promotion from where they are. Yeah, I'm not quite sure who got promoted last year. Uh, Romania has to face. Oh, uh, Romania, they have to face Portugal for in a promotion relegation pro, uh, playoff apparently. But yeah. Okay. Right. Um. Well, I guess there's anything else with added Six Nations. I, I got nothing else to say. No, I'm I'm bored of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll follow the scores as well, and hopefully England lose. That'd be great. Right. I'll uh, stop dropping poll. Uh, sponsored by uh, Dave Grohl for the week. Um, we'll, fo- we'll follow the <laughs> the game blame. Uh, oh wait, what's it? The oh, game God. blame game of the week sponsored by a game. I had it so good um, in the intro. Uh, this poll was courtesy of Alex. Game of the week. It's not game of the week. It's blame no, game it's of sponsored by game. That's what I said. That's what I said. But no, no, that's not what you said. I was supposed you, to... You've won it like five times. Are you a game? <laughs> what? <laughs> Adam, Adam identif- identifies strongly as a game. Uh, I'm not a game. Okay, well, who's going to win it this week? Can, can, it, can it not be me, please? Can it please not be me? Can you stop giving me this award? It's not an award, Adam. It's, a punishment. it's, not, it's, it's not looking good. Yeah. <laughs> you were doing well until you... Yeah, yeah, I've been smashing it as host. You actually been actually mildly cooperative. Um, and now it's all falling apart at the key stage. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, uh, what are you doing? The stop dropping poll. Yeah. No, no, no. We need to we need to assign the the game blame game of the week sponsored by game. Oh my god. Okay. You are the fucking winner because you got it wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. Literally, we literally just fucking corrected you. And you still <laughs> got it wrong. Game sponsored by game. I'll take <laughs> your word for it. There's okay. no Adam game is, game is once again the winner of the game blame game sponsored by game. <laughs> I sake. can't wait. I can't wait for there to be more rugby because then I can start stupid wrong. Honestly, um, that is so very sick. optimistic of you. Yeah. So sick of this. Uh, um, okay, uh, now on to the stop dropper poll, uh, sponsored by Dave Grohl. This was courtesy of Alex. Uh, thank you. He posted it earlier this week, and uh, the question for this week was to to the elite rugby banter group, which I, I, I do feel the results are. We're getting some gerrymandering thanks to. Uh, Ashley Marks, who I invited into the group, he's added too many Sharks fans. So this is a quick preview. So the question was, which team will top the South African Conference in Super Rugby 2019? Um, so bringing up the rear, the Bulls, they had one vote. Who voted for them? Doug Tilbury. Sorry, Doug. Uh, there. Adam's, Adam's and then the secret Yag- account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Must be a couch. Who's this? What is, what's this? Uh, Doug? Doug Colbury. Oh, that's, uh, what a strange name. I've never heard that name before. Hmm. <laughs> and then we had the uh, Yaguaris coming up next. Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt and uh, Alex, uh, Alex H. They were the only ones who ended up voting for them. The Stormers, they got five votes. Yeah, the Stormers got five votes, including uh, Draft D, Andrew. Uh, and then uh, let's see who else voted for the Stormers. Certainly not you. That's for sure. No. No. And then who are these other people? Let's spit it out. Okay. No, it's uh, no one that I know. And then the Lions got quite a bit of support. They ended up receiving, if my math is correct, 13 votes. I, I did not vote for them. Uh, Alex, you voted for the Lions, I see. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, then you got Eric, Stefan, Liam, Jacques, Clayton, Donovan. Let's see who else voted for them here. Da, 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 da. Morris Vanner, Seravu, and Petri. Petri Fenzel. Petri. Uh, we know you, you are out there. And then the winner, uh, by a big margin, is the Sharks with 23 votes. I mean, their team looks great in paper. We were actually talking about this prior to the start of today's podcast. How they always look awesome, and then somehow they manage to fall apart. So... Ben, did yeah. you vote? I don't see. I voted for the Jags, but obviously it didn't come up. Okay, I go. just I, I flippantly voted for the Jags because I refuse to vote for the Sharks, even though I think they're going <laughs> to. Well, are the Sharks like your version of South Africa? Are, are the Sharks South Africa's Wales in your mind? No. Um, Wales, I dislike the commentators. Sharks are like, like some of our best mates are Sharks fans, actually, but I just I can't. <laughs> I can't stand them and I hate them, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are objectively the worst. They, they, can't review, they can't look at anything realistically. Like they're unable to criticize a Sharks player. Like Keegan Daniels is not very good, does not compute, does not compute. Like. <laughs> Like, I don't know what's in the fucking water in Durban that you just so, like, link it to, like, the weaknesses of sharks or whatever. Uh, Actually, who's the most... Sharks in the water. I think maybe for the next week, Alex, with your permission, I'll just post two polls as to who's going to win the New Zealand and Australia conferences. Because then at least regional bias won't, won't play a role. Uh, in that at least because I said these South Africans are also highly skewed to the Sharks because the group has been flooded with the Sharks fans thanks Ashley I don't think you'll ever listen to this so I'm just going to bash him bash him oh, until oh, he does of course you won't why would he actually obviously has loads of time on his hands because he's always posting stuff so why don't he just use that time to listen to the pod I, listen I, don't, next I, don't time I do the Sharks Ben he, he doesn't even have time to reply to my message where I asked him why he was adding like non-human beings to the group so I don't think he's got time to listen to the podcast <laughs> Uh, he added fucking. He added some primary school, like Bergfleet Primary School, to the group. What? And then he adds people with like they don't even have profile pictures on Facebook. They've never posted in their life, and he thinks no. it's going to be like a valuable contributor to the ERB. No, I feel like you need to take some action, bro. Uh, and I'm on the verge. I'm on the verge. Well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't let them in. I, I mean, this is the fucking problem that he adds 50 people at once. I say people, but it's like pretty much everyone who's on his friend. So when I've got to fucking sit there and filter through them, the whole point of of having like the system where people can invite their mates is that I don't have to be like the filter because I just trust that whoever someone who's in the group is inviting is also going to be like a valuable asset to the group. But like that idea has completely been devalued by Ashley because now I've got to sit there and check. Oh wait, this is actually his grandmother 
who joined Facebook so that she could see pictures of like her fucking grand niece or something has never posted in a day in her life and therefore I'm not allowing her into the group whereas normally if I see someone who's been invited I'm like well if a friend of this is a friend of mine kind of thing well not anymore no, I've got to fucking waste time going through people who've been invited so thanks Ashley is in a listener now I'll, I'll tell him he should oh, listen. I hope he I'll is. Then he, he finally listen. gets the message I've been sending him. Uh, I, I don't think he did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to send him a link. I'll WhatsApp him and send him a link. Just to tell him to have a look. Uh, that, that he was a, a sore topic of discussion on, on the podcast uh, this week. Did you already tell him and he was like, whatever, it's it's good value or something? Good content. Good no, content. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't tell him about adding the people. I, I complained to him that he, he kept posting things. I wanted to tell him he kept posting things about Bismarck QPC. Uh, he said, yeah, but then the group gets quiet. And I told him that's not a bad thing. So I, I tuned him on that. So I'll, I'll let him know about that. But what do you call those um, hacker attacks on a website where they just let you flood it with so much traffic uh, or requests DDoS. that it breaks? Yes, thank you. Uh, it's a DDoS attack yeah. on ERP yeah. from, from originating from Scopra uh, in the South Coast. Uh, just, just by the way, if, if anyone wants to uh, experience this level of drama firsthand, please join the ERB Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, please, please feel free. It's a very welcoming <laughs> environment. <laughs> yeah. It may not sound like it right now, but yeah. <laughs> no, okay. Our are very friendly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, well, guys, I think that, that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. Thank you all for your presence. I actually failed to thank you last week, uh, which is a dick move. I apologize. As also, I, I deserve the blame game um, as well from, from last week. Uh, yes, next week, just, just as a reminder, we will be wrapping up our previews for Super Rugby, followed by our, our draft episode. Uh, I know we're all very much looking forward to Super Rugby and the draft season. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, let's see what's it iTunes and ACOS. I was talking to someone about podcasts. Apparently, there are other platforms out there that matter. So I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard and see if we can get ourselves uh, out there too. But if you have been listening, thank you very much for joining us. We will catch you next week. Stitcher, bro, Stitcher. Stitcher. I'm really confused. Does Stitcher exist? Yeah, rugby draft. <laughs>